It's that time again for the R2 Cents Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Our Two Cents with Mona Lissa. That's M-O-H-N-A-L-Y-S-S-A-A. And I have my co-host. Dergo BJ. You can follow me at Dergo BJ on Twitter and IG. That's D-E-R-G-O-B-J on Instagram and Twitter. That's it. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and also follow the show. That's what I was thinking about. Follow the show at our the number two cents pod on Twitter and Instagram. What's up? Okay, so I want to talk to you today and let's talk about she's gotta have it in polyamorous relationships. Hmm. Now the thing is funny is like I've been trying to understand like women and you know this whole thing of like detoxing your masculinity because had not you said anything about the show I probably wouldn't have watched it you know it's I guess it's not the space that um I'm normally in as a man and that's part of the reason why I think women are like so fed up with you know men not paying their needs and their feelings and their desires attention so um I definitely got a lot to say about this whole, you know, she's got to have it. You know, the issues with monogamy and um, us being monogamously trained mentally to not even understand that it may be some benefits to having a little bit more liberation and freedom in the relationship. So, How did you like the movie? Well, the movie, I vaguely remember. Um... I can remember like subtle parts, but not so much as the actual TV series. I do believe that the TV series was a little bit more descriptive of how, you know, she actually dealt with the issues with the various men and, you know, then also the young lady that she was dealing with. It was a little bit more detailed than what I can actually remember from the movie. I would have preferred it to be as detailed because I think the reason why I can't remember is because at that time when that movie like hit the scene, mm-hmm. that wasn't predominantly even a lifestyle that I was accustomed to or I even saw, mm-hmm. you know? So I think um, the series kind of penetrated a little bit more than the movie did. I'm starting to notice more and more people... Um these polyamorous relationships becoming more and more visible. I can't say that growing up, that was something that I was ever really exposed to or or knew of. Um, I saw the film more so recently in my adult years, probably just a few years ago, um, maybe five years ago. Mm -hmm. And I just put something on while I was packing up my apartment. So I remember hearing that it's a, a Spike Lee classic. And so I'm like, well, let me just check it out and see what it's about. And I couldn't really, after it was over, I can remember just sitting there and was like, mm, I don't know if I like it. I can't say that I hate it, but I just don't know how I feel about it quite yet. And I don't really know if I had any real expectations after watching the movie. And then... What I found is that every time it came on television, I had to watch it. Right. right. So I was like, okay, so there's something about this film 
that intrigues me and I'm not quite sure what it is, but I feel like I have to watch it every time it comes on. And so the show, when the series came on, I was very excited. I don't know. It just creates a, a different space, I think, that entertains. And, and I know I'm not the only woman who's ever felt like I just want to do me at some point. Mm. What if there's more than one person that I've, and I've been in a space where there's certain char- characteristics I like in one person and other characteristics I like in another and not really feeling like I should have to choose. Right. But I know that ultimately I don't have the time or the patience to entertain with one person. But if I did this, why not? If right. that works for a woman. So it's that classic argument of if a man can do it, why can't a woman? And the show, I actually like the show. I've heard a lot of mixed reviews, people saying mixed things about it. You know, to me, some of the critiquing is just kind of ridiculous. You know, it's here nor there. But um, overall, I think that it was very well done um, in making it more current for today's crowd and how, you know, it can be more relatable yeah. today versus the film that came out, I think, in like 86. Mm, it was that long ago. Yeah. Yeah, the thing that was interesting to me is because, um, and to kind of get into one of the areas of the topic, what what makes me realize that we've been kind of in hiding for a long time is like these are things that people actually desire today that they're not truthfully expressing. Mm-hmm. These are like areas in relationships that go or even turn gray because, you know, here you are committed to a person that bores you at this point and you find yourself just being intrigued by spirits, um, people that just like pass through and intrigue you so much that you actually want to know more about this person, but you just know that the person at home you love and you truly care for and you just don't know how to place the people, not necessarily the feelings. I think what we challenge in watching this and in also adapting to the idea of this is that it's not so much a relationship issue, it's just an honesty issue. Like being truthful with yourself. You know, um, every person that you love is not going to satisfy you. Every person that you deal with is not going to be entertaining all the time. The, The concept of being monogamous is almost like settling for another person's bullshit if that's what they come with Mm. you know you you're pretty much just making yourself committed to a person's issue problem good bad or whatever and it's not always conducive to your feelings and i think that what she was trying to express is that give her the freedom and the opportunity to find what she really wants and through all of the different men in the different instances that you know she was going through throughout the 10 episodes the one person that she found was herself and I think that that I think that we don't well as men I'm going to say as men I don't think that we understand that you know women are pretty much doing the very same things that we try to do in finding ourselves in our manhood like you know she was able to find what made her happy which ultimately was neither of the three totally but in certain spaces they were fulfilling the thing that 
really resonated was the fact that like despite the fact that you know she committed herself to doing what she wanted to do she was upfront she was never vague she was never inconsistent in what she was saying and doing she let you know solely like this is what i choose to do mm -hmm. and we always say as men like you know women are so indecisive they're emotional they you know they don't know what they want and this was a woman who clearly knew in every phase that i wanted to be an artist i want to be free i don't want to be you mm -hmm. know bound to limitations i don't want to answer to just this one person i don't want to be in a situation where you're getting on my fucking nerves and mm -hmm. i can't escape you like she was very clear and so it just totally changes the dynamic of how we see women when it comes to how they deal with their feelings. So Now, just for clarity, I think that most people um, practice like pansexuality or pansexualism, if I'm even saying that word right. But, you know, pansexual, just for clarity, um, you know, being a pansexual is just not limiting yourself and sexual choice with regard to um, biological sex, gender, gender identity. And that was more so what was highlighted with her. And then polyamory is just more so where the partners are familiar with one another right. and all having a like three, four way, whatever relationship, like living in the same home or known to each other. Um, but I say that as far as pansexuality goes, because there's so many people who are experimenting or going by or having multiple partners um, and kind of like you saying being open not fully committing to one but mm -hmm. let them know that they you know are seeing other people so as far as pansexuality goes I'm not I can understand that to a, a regard because that's kind of in a way what dating is anyway right, right right when you're getting to know other people who are of interest to you until you ultimately find the one mm -hmm. But then let's talk about this polyamory side of things um, that we really didn't see too much on there. But what? how do you feel about or what are your, your views or opinions on relationships where it's like three people? The thing for me and watching the show um, gave me the revelation. Like I couldn't see myself being in a, a three or four way relationship. And the reason why I say this is because it makes you own your insecurities. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that I have many, but I think that in the event of another man kind of being on the surface of your relationship with the person who you truly love, I think those things will ultimately be revealed to you. Mm -hmm. Kind of in the sense of um, the three, like the three man you know, painting at the Oh my end, gosh, that was horrible. Where she kind of like let mm -hmm. them know, you know, as far as anatomy, where you stand. I was embarrassed for them. I mean, <laughs> I was like, oh. Like, but you know, the funny thing was in that situation, it was kind of like, oh my God, no, she didn't. But then in the same sense, it was like, the ones that seemed to have had, like, where Greer, to me, was annoying as fuck, the whole show. But, um, typically, the way that it was displayed was that he had the bigger dick. So, naturally, yeah. like, you could kind of understand where, you know, his personality or his attitude came from. 
but then you have the what was the young what was the young cat uh for some reason i can't remember his name oh um mars yes okay so you know again you know the way that she depicted the three men you know um Mars was the one that was kind of like shortchanged, mm. but oh, baby. the thing about Mars to where I can understand how she accepted what he came with and, you know, possibly the limitation, mm-hmm. you know, of his physical being was because he did something that the other two didn't, which was right. make her laugh yeah. and, you know, bring about the youth within herself that reminds her that, you know, you're forever young, you should, you know, enjoy life and all of these different things. So the thing is, in a situation as a man, putting myself in that circumstance, do I want to come up short in any of those positions where you can't make your woman laugh or you can't make her happy or you can't satisfy her or just not being enough, period? Like, that's a, a very compromising position to be in that I'm not 100% sure that I will be able to deal with. So for me, you know, me personally being in a you know relationship to that degree is something that I don't really see myself doing. But then on the flip side, you know, men have always kind of carried themselves in such a way to where they believe that it's okay for men to have 100, you know, women multiples there's no cut off or no you know certain amount or cap to how many women that they deal mm-hmm. with and so usually when there's you know two or more women in a physical instance it's like gratifying to the man but most men can't reciprocate and be in the same circumstance with two to three absolutely other men. not so my question would be as a man of course I would love a situation where I can kind of like sow my oats or whatever you want to call it, but I still have to be fair to this woman. I know I'm not going to commit to being in a situation with three other dudes. So, and then too. How far from reality do you think the show is or the film is? It's not far at all. To be honest, because, because see, I, I heard a lot of critiquing where people felt like it wasn't realistic for these men to ponder over this woman. It kind of is realistic because, like I said, it changes the conversation that we need to have as to being fair. You know what I'm saying? Like it was such a benefit to these dudes to be fair, you know, like mm-hmm. she probably couldn't stand Greer's personality but because she had two other options he was still able to you know have the access to the things that he wanted Mm -hmm. he was still being considered which for most guys is like you know if you're not the only dude then you can't be like the side but had not she had those two other options he probably wouldn't have been getting any attention Well, let me just say I think that I don't find that it was too far from reality in the sense that I have had guys who still um, seek my attention knowing that I'm dating or talking to others. Mm-hmm. As long as I'm not committed, they're going to try because you still feel like you have a chance, you know? Um, and I think that's the same with them, even mm-hmm. though they know 
of these other people. They don't know who they are. They haven't met them, but they've known, they know of each other. Right. But she's not committed to any of them. So none of them are actually officially her man. Right. She's not officially their woman. So it's almost like, well, I still have a chance. Mm -hmm. And then the simple fact that they don't know how her interaction is with the other. To really know, and, and they all probably feel like they have a special connection, which they do, with her. So, I don't think that's unrealistic at all. Um, Because, like I said, I've had that, where guys know that, you know, I'm dating somebody or spending a lot of my time with a particular man. And they still pursue, because they figure, well, something clearly is not right, because y'all not official, or if it's still brand new, then I can just come right on, swoop on in, and and take you, you know. But it's, that's always been the misconception, too, because when it's not official, you still are up for grabs. It's like you almost want to shut off any potential of somebody swooping in because you're just over-concerned about coming up short. That's an insecurity. Like, when you date a person, there's no commitment. Even when they say, we're exclusively dating. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's still like this hint of your mind, possessive. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And exclusively dating is not a binding contract. Like, mm -hmm. if we're exclusively dating and I find that you're not as intriguing as I thought, I shouldn't have to, you know, find the outlet to, you know, escape the circumstance. I should just be still permitted to date as I mm -hmm. wish. And that's the thing that. I took from her was, you know, it's not rules to dating. It's no. just simply what it is. It's dating. You know, what I don't like and what I find is that there are a lot or what I've encountered in my personal experiences are a lot of guys who are not ready or prepared to fully commit to you, but they want you to commit to them. Mm -hmm. So I'm supposed to sit here and wait on you. Why you out here doing what you want to do? Just doing you. And I'm mm -hmm. supposed to just wait on my turn? Fuck you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to do me too. Because right. what happens when you get so caught up in doing you that you forget about me or you decide, well, you the weakest link. I, I'm good on you. Right. And then I spent all this time waiting on you. I don't think so. You know? So I'm not mad at her for dating in the way that works for her. And, you know, you get what you need from each individual person until you feel like you're ready to, you know, fully commit or whatever. Or if you know, if you know that you are not in the space to feel like your heart is fully connected to one, why even do that? Because then right. you're feeling like you're missing out on something. And I don't think that, you know, pansexual relationships or, or, or that form of dating is, is bad at all. Mm -hmm. The one thing that I just, or I don't know, I'm just trying to open my mind up to this polyamorous side of it, though, where everybody is just like. Yeah, because I, I think that we've been raised up in monogamous tradition. And yeah. It's hard. Well, I will say that um, it's definitely going to be an extreme complication for me to understand pansexuality because I have no attraction to mm -hmm. men whatsoever. So I'll never fully gauge the ideals mm -hmm. of the person who does but what I will say is um, freedom tends to be the most significant trait 
yes. of relationships for me now because I don't ever want a person, whether I'm, you know, quote unquote, in love or really feeling you or we just got good vibes or whatever the colloquialism or cliche is mm-hmm. for saying that, you know, we're on a, you know, peaceful and great level. I don't want you to think that that's ever going to be enough because as I continue to grow, continue to develop to, you know, the ideals, of course, will change. Um, I am a person who, you know, comes from different, you know, issues with lust and having to correct myself with how I project, you know, my feelings and my needs on women, you know being a little bit too overtly sexual to where you almost took something from somebody subconsciously without them even knowing they were prepared for it. Mm -hmm. Just by thinking that, oh, well, if she says no, then that means come a little harder or, you know, double back to her a little later. You know, she just wants to see your persistence. Like you kind of are raised up in rape culture. Without oh my knowing, gosh! Yeah. You know what I'm saying. So now let me just say, I have no problem with persistence. I actually something about being persistent is kind of what I find it a bit attractive. Just don't be creepy persistent, okay? <laughs> just yeah, don't be yeah. so persistent to the point that you are now harassing me, right? So, but just know that as long as your company or your persistence is still being welcome then you know continue to pursue but if it gets to a point where you you can tell just mm-hmm. use your common sense you can tell once okay just no 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 i'm good i'm so good then you know but you know just I, stop. it's weird because okay she had mars who was the good time laughable playful coy mm-hmm. then she had jamie who was the money man you know, he had the bread to kind of live the double life mm-hmm. and support it, you know. Jamie needs to figure his own home situation out first. But then, too, it's, it's a little bit more to his insecurity that I think we need to dig into as well. Because you have to understand, like, when we talk about women, the reason why we call women whores and, like, gold diggers or whatever is because they appear to only want money. Mm-hmm. But if, in fact, you listen to a man's excuses as to why he can't commit to a woman, it's because he's either, air quotations, grinding or I'm trying to make a way for us to do Mm -hmm. this, this, this and this. So you put the emphasis on the money and here this woman is sacrificing all of these feelings and emotions to let you get the money. So now she wants it, too. She wants to enjoy what kept you away from her from so long? Mm. What, like, what had you out the house for hours and hours on end? Like, she's in the kitchen cooking a meal that's cold by the time you finally eat it. Mm-hmm. Like, these are the things that we don't ultimately understand. So, like, you look at her as a gold digger when she's merely just wanting something for the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now, that's not always the case. Like, you do meet women who are, like, you know, monetarily trained to suck you dry. I get that. But when we're talking about people that we're physical with, that we're connecting with, that we're sharing, you know, DNA with, Mm -hmm. like, 
you have to be a little bit more accountable. And that's the thing that I took from Jamie. It's like, you know, we always, even when we rap, it's like we getting money, you know, and what I can, when you talking to a woman in a rap, it's like what I can do for you with all of this money. So if this is what you're projecting, why do you not expect to be used for it? And then it gets to a point where you feel like you're being abused the same way we look at our women who say, well, you don't spend time with me. She feels like you're abusing her by wasting her time. She feels like you're not telling her, you're not telling her she's pretty or ugly. Mm. So she's just in this gray area. All you talking about his wife? Yeah. So then, now there's some things in watching that show this just, just kind of confused me though. Because you know, Jamie, of course, in the series is married where he was not in the film. So that mm -hmm. was probably a modern change that they made to, I don't know, create more drama or be more re relevant. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, it became, it, it was eventually revealed that this is not the first time he's cheated. She's not the first. Right. So what is it about your wife that, that, that leaves you feeling unfulfilled that you're doing this yet again? And I don't even know how many more times prior to that, that he's done that. Mm -hmm. And then now all of a sudden... Are you now feeling more serious about Nola? But then Nola, who is not quite ready to commit to anybody and she just wants to be free. But then she said things that shows she's not okay with him being married. So mm -hmm. is it is so so it's kinda like, is this where you draw the line? I mean, you still with them, but you have issues with him being married, but you still don't want to commit. So what difference does it make either way? Well, honestly, I think a lot of it has to do with him because he was, to me, um, despite his wealth, he was a coward. Like mm -hmm. what stood out to me is like, you got a, a room in the basement in your own house. Mm -hmm. Like the first thing that you got to create is a certain order in your home. If you are the person who, you know, is supposed to be the head, it should be established that you have a firm position and I'm not giving up my bed to anybody. Like that's something that I feel like as a man, you earn, you earn your, your sleep and your keep. But then too, to know that he's a cheater. Like the thing about dudes and cheating is, and it's weird, but it's the truth. Like sometimes the physical part is better than the circumstantial aspect of it. And and then in some instances on the flip, you know, like it's a lot of dudes that cheat on their girls for, you know, for sex. That's not even better than your girls. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it really goes both ways. But to like, you know, stay on topic of the show, his wife is a person who he almost knows he can walk over. I don't think it's nothing wrong with her, you know, from obvious reasons, like he didn't leave her at all in the show. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's obviously nothing like too wrong with her. It's just the fact that. But he's not focusing in on her completely either. Yeah, because I think I think that that's the part of the like the polyamorous aspect that makes the difference. Because if he was to be truthful, okay, here you just spent a you know ten thousand dollars on a picture of the person that you really adore. At this particular point, mm -hmm. this was supposed to be a conversation between you and your wife. Now, ultimately, we know as traditionally monogamous people that 
monogamous women are not about to let you put another woman in their space and think that they're going to coexist and be peachy king. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. So, you know, that was, of course, an opportunity for him to be honest and say, look, this is what I've been feeling mm-hmm. as a man. This is what I desire from the relationship that I don't get. And this is the person who makes the difference. Mm-hmm. But we're not men, we're not man enough to say those things because we know that we potentially hurt the people that we care about. So we create this idea of I lie to you because I love you. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't help anything. So his wife, of course, is this bystander who doesn't get proper attention, who probably because we never really found out what she did for a living or anything like that. So she may be confined to the relationship because here she is dealing with a wealthy man. She probably doesn't work or whatever the circumstance is that kind of like entraps her in this relationship. And this is why women feel like, okay, I got to do my own thing. She worked because they showed her a job. Remember when her son did that video at school? Oh, yeah. She was was. at work. She was at work. So I don't know. I don't know if she's an attorney or something. I don't know. But she's some corporate some corporate position. So, I mean, give or take, she she's probably in a position where maybe he makes more or it just it kind of like makes it substantial that he has a certain level of power and control because he's a breadwinner. Well, I think that from what I see from their inner, when I saw from their interactions was that there was a struggle between him feeling comfortable and completely who he is because she made comments, the wife made comments about him um, showing his ghetto side or street too much oh, or yeah, something. Right. So somewhere there is a discomfort and her disapproving of certain aspects of him mm-hmm. and pretty much trying to instill in him, you, that's not a part of you. You're not from there anymore. Right. So I think that in a sense, Nola makes him feel comfortable being who he is. He really is. Whereas the wife at home is in a way stifling him from being completely who he is. So that may be mm-hmm. where some of that home discomfort comes from. I don't so know. is it a case of the trophy wife not being like maintained as far as like you being placed on the mantle, but you're never dusted. You're never cleaned off. You're mm-hmm. never praised. You don't have the same value that you had when the, the championship or the tournament to get you, yeah. you know, was won. Like, I think that that's what, that's a mistake too, you know, um, thinking that if we marry, you know, corporate or if we marry suburban, that is a, a idea or it gives us leverage in believing that we've accomplished or we're different. Whereas mm-hmm. you can easily lose yourself in chasing status and all of those different things. Like, I think the reason why Nola was dope is because like, it was nothing traditional about anything she done. Like she was, you know, they didn't ever show her like, you know, oh, she was a, you know, waiter that bust tables and shit like that. She mm-hmm. was a painter. Like she, you know, she lived her true life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And um, she was able to, you know, make a way, which didn't always appear that there was a way, but she, you know, made a way to, you know, live in this beautiful home. I think it was like a brownstone or whatever. Mm-hmm. She couldn't pay it all the time, but <laughs> she made a way. It, you know, at least she was struggling to do the things that she actually wanted to do in opposed to struggling, you know, to 
live according to the system that's in place for you. Mm-hmm. And we have to kind of take from that. You know, um, Jamie, of course, like I said, was a coward, really didn't speak up. You know, she, she, of course, shut him down when she didn't feel like dealing with him. You know, he comes back like, I miss you and all that bull. But never like really like putting a firm foot down and saying like, look, this is what I'm doing for you. And this is what I expect from you, even though we're not committed. Like, you know, saying the things that make a difference to your happiness because she has to do something for you for the, you know, the exchanges that you're making. But he never even spoke up then either. He was just kind of like still in that beggar position, you know, feeling responsible for the, the check that bounced. You know, and here she is playing you to the left. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to, like, stand up for yourself. Like, look, you know, this is hard-earned money. And Why you know, would you take that out your joint account with your wife anyway? That shit didn't make no sense. Right. She wasn't supposed to notice. Right. Like, right. get out of this here. This is a part of the game. And you then you got a picture down in your little space in the, in the basement. Right. So now she putting two and two together and... It was just like, like I said, cowardly. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is a part of the game. When you're sneaking around, whatever happens, happens. Like, you got to speak that into existence. You know, you can't just be like, well, you know, you know what it was. Either he just really don't give a fuck or he just don't know what he doing. Like. <laughs> yeah. But that's, but that's, of course, the reason why, like I said, the, you know, monogamy tends, tends to be the easier way out. Yeah. You know, because it's only one person you got to think about. It's only one heart that you have to maintain. It's mm-hmm. not two and three. Um, it's less work, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, you know, I did see um, on uh, YouTube that um, Brother Polite, you know, was saying that, you know, he does have you know wives and it's actually like you know for business and education of the children okay yeah that sounds good (laughs) my nigga but you know what i'm saying but it's just like do you really do you really have the mental and you know spiritual capacity to deal with this many women at one time like because all of their needs are different all of their feelings are different. They're all on periods at different times. It's not like a, okay, well, all of them on the menstrual cycle, so I'm gonna go in the shed for a week. Like, no, it's like one is on it, then the next week it might be another one. It might be two on at the same time. I wanna hear from some people that are in polyamorous relationships and some people who who live a pansexual lifestyle. I want to know your ideals and what gravitates you to these type of relationships because I just want to learn and understand um, how that works yeah you know um, I mean I'm not I'm just yeah I'm, I just want to know how that works um, it's almost like you have to learn how to be selfless you know like yeah. um, not necessarily focusing on how it makes you feel, but you know, the, in some spaces, the it's almost like they want certain monogamous ideals or things, but they just, I don't know. I don't know. Like, it just, I think for some, like, because even being a monogamous guy, like, Monogamy sometimes gets boring as fuck. Some people just straight up freaky. We, I mean, and hey, some shit, people just that. simply, and some people genuinely, I think, 
desire more than one person. They may yeah. genuinely have more than one person in their life who they mm-hmm. want. And some people just on some freak shit. I don't know. I think that I think that that ultimately like is true. Like, but the thing that makes it hard is because I think the part that uh, makes it difficult is when you get to a point in your relationship where you feel like, okay, I want to take another step into um, whatever your sexual fantasies are. And you get to that point and you say, well, babe, you know, I've been watching this or I've been thinking about this. And then your partner say, well, I ain't with that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And they say it before they even consider the pop, the possibilities that it may take your relationship to a next or, you know, higher plateau. Mm-hmm. They just say that they not with it off the rip. And so, like, you kind of leave this person with a longing on the inside of them to where they like, well, if you ain't with it, then what am I supposed to do with it? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's the trick to monogamy because like I said, we just think that when we in these relationships, that it means that we down for each other despite the fact that we're not doing everything that we can to make a person happy. So then the question becomes, how much of what you're not for are you going to allow your mate to experience with somebody else if you're not going to do the job? Like, it makes you ask those questions that make you uncomfortable because I feel like there are some things that are absolutely necessary in a relationship that a lot of people don't believe is necessary. So am I supposed to go without because you just refuse to supplement those things but then too as men we gotta man up and say too if we want to bring other women in the room but we not man enough to bring another dude in the room are you gonna let your girl you know slide up on a boy on her own to kind of reciprocate the solid that she gave to you for bringing old girl through you know because honestly that's the reason why I kind of don't like put so much focus on you know, trying to live your entire fantasies or whatever. Did you ever see that Lifetime movie, Love, about the 10th date? No. You need to watch that. See, the only reason I watch the TV <laughs> is because of all of these wonderful suggestions she's been making. Ooh, okay, you, yeah, we need to watch Love about the 10th date. It got Megan Good in it and um, Carrie Hilson and some other people. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty much... Um, some of the side stories, yeah, you just need to watch it. Because Carrie Hilson's character, she's married, um, but it's an open relationship. Mm-hmm. And so there's this one situation where she invites a guy, I guess, well, he thought it was a woman because of the name. And they agree upon, I guess they agree upon the person who's going to be present in their threesome rendezvous or whatever and based on the name he was down with he thought it was another woman until he walked in the door and her and this man is like getting started without her and he like whoa 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 (laughs) I thought it was a woman and she was like okay so it's a man what's the big deal he was not with it he was upset and she's like I don't see the problem Mm. but that's the the that movie was very interesting but it 
highlighted a lot of things like and then there's another story with this man and this woman this guy was bisexual clearly at face value he is <laughs> yeah okay mm-hmm. but he's like no i i'm bi I, i'm bi you know and but she still liked them and i'm not gonna tell you how it ultimately ended with them but yeah. ultimately it shows them and their relationship she's from what i gather was a heterosexual woman but she was really into this bisexual man who um loved her mm. and yeah but the whole premise of the movie was just basically about Megan Good's character finding love by the 10th date. Because according to some article at this fictional magazine that they worked at, um, if you make it to the 10th date, then you should pretty much, I guess, be in love. Or it's love by, if you make it to the 10th date, then you ultimately know this person loves you. And she never made it to a 10th date with anyone, so she was determined to make it to the 10th date. So it's this experiment of her um, going on all of these random blind dates to find love by this 10th date. So it's almost like this systematic, like Steve Harvey, act like a lady, but think like a man. Um, It wasn't so much focused on your character, how to be, but just, I wouldn't correlate it to think like a man because that was focused on certain behaviors and withholding. That systematic approach of you taking on somebody's belief. And it has nothing to do with well, your yeah. chemistry. And that regard, yes. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm getting to. It's just like somebody giving you like this playlist or this checklist mm-hmm. that doesn't even fit chemistry or you know, right. biology, you know, anything. So, but then like, I also wanted to, because it doesn't necessarily speak to the relationship, but it does in some ways give ideal to how we look at women when they try to cater to men men's needs and expectations I wanted to kind of talk about Shemekha too Oh yeah. because um, there's a question that kind of raised in my mind when her character was kind of positioned it's like um, you know she was making an honest living as a you know barmaid waitress whatever and she's seeing these girls who are, you know, built a certain way, um, different body types. And she's looking at her physical being as a flaw. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why she is looking at these other women as if they're doing something different or better is simply because of the attention that they're getting from the men, which ultimately bought in more revenue. Right. So my my question is, does the idea of like augmentations, whether it be breasts or butt, like whatever you do physically, does it solely have to do with the way that you feel about yourself? Or is it something that you desire from a man based on how men act? that you try to do for self to make men give you a little bit more? I think that's going to vary from woman to woman. I I think that there are some women who seek to have that type of attention, maybe who've never had, right? you know, those type of looks or stares from men. Some women desire that. Um, but I think most women just honestly want to be comfortable and look a certain way. Right. You right, know, right. when certain body shapes are highlighted, um, 
then women are going to gravitate to that. You know, I don't even think a lot of women realize how much societal standards or what people entertain affects mm-hmm. their mental right. because there's no there's no way you can deny that they are not affected by the tone that is being set mm-hmm. with so many people wanting to get their butts done and willing to do it at any cost you know like you putting your life on the line in this little hole in the wall of a motel right, right. to get anything from glue to cement to whatever pumped into you mm-hmm. you know that could potentially kill you but you're doing it at the risk of appearing a certain way right you know there's a certain level of insecurity in your body image that I just wish, you know, women would have. But I'm not against at all any woman um, modifying anything about her body that she genuinely wants to change. I just wish that these things would be done properly and they're done solely based on you wanting it for yourself mm-hmm. and not because you're trying to please or get the attention of somebody else. Yeah, because it was an, it, to me, it was an indictment on men because, like, you do see men who, you know, They'll only post certain women because of Mm -hmm. the big butt or the big breast. And then you have these women who, despite whatever comes with these guys that they're like seeing being, you know, pigs, Mm -hmm. they still desire these men, you know, for themselves. And so it's almost in the headspace of, well, this is what he's looking for. Mm -hmm. This is why I can't get the attention. And it was an indictment on us to just say, like, look, beautiful is beautiful. Like, don't yeah. pay so much attention to the sexist part You know what's crazy? Men will say that, but they will still give all the attention to that type of woman. Right. You will praise a woman for just being naturally beautiful and whatnot, but you will give, you will look up. the look past the natural woman mm-hmm. to have your playtime with this other person. I don't know. It's just, you know how we talk about how good guys finish last. And this is almost the same thing with, with the quote unquote good girls or the, mm-hmm. the girls who dress more naturally and whatnot. Um, it's almost like in my personal experience, and I get so tired of hearing it. You look, you are such a sweet girl. You a good girl. I mean, I'm not tired of hearing that. I'm just tired of that being the excuse why. You, I don't know. It's just like, you a good girl, but mm-hmm. you sweet and everything. But you a good enough. woman, but. Right. But what's missing? I never get that part. What's the other thing that's missing? Is my physical not appealing enough to you? And it just always feels like, you know, I literally have been in situations where you a good girl and then like we could be out somewhere and it's like the girl with the big butt walk by and his eyes is glued and I'm like really right. <laughs> you know like what the fuck but that's the dishonesty in in men because you'll be in a situation with a person that you really like and that you really care for but what you care for doesn't always match the standards of people or women that you will actually want for your life. Like for me personally, like the girls that I remember growing up like liking the mm-hmm. Tiffany Wards. I mean, I'm saying their names figuratively, but like those girls from back in the day, they weren't checking for me right. at all. Right. And the chicks that I was getting, 
I wasn't even choosing. They were choosing me. Mm-hmm. And you you look back at that and you say, well, like, I was a whole ass nigga for not saying, mm-hmm. like, no, I don't like you like that. Mm-hmm. So, like, you'll look at a person's character and you'll say, well, this is a good girl. She's sweet. She's all of these things. Mm-hmm. But you won't be honest with yourself and say, I'm not attracted to you. Mm-hmm. And then you begin to feel sorry for yourself because here you are being neglected by the ones you really want. Mm-hmm. So you thinking like, well, two people should work out. But two people are not interested all the time. Two people don't have a certain level of energy. And then you get to a threshold where it's time to go to the next step. Mm-hmm. You really don't want to sleep with her. But it's just a part of the game. It's just a part of the relationship. Is it safe to say that physical attraction plays just some as much of a a part in your attract overall attraction to a person Absolutely. as personality. Absolutely. Because a lot of people, you know, we, we oftentimes say the whole um how a person looks or their appearance shouldn't matter if they're de- damn all that. When I roll over, I wanna look at something cute. Mm-hmm. I wanna you know, I have to be attracted to you in some form or fashion right, to right. desire you. Personality is very much a a um a more important part it's, a, it's very important it's a plus but I have given guys chances simply based off them being a nice guy but the the, the physical attraction was lacking aka his dick was little <laughs> <laughs> shut up man no AKA, like there's been minuscule nigga <laughs> So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> why she exhale though? <laughs> Shut your ass. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> you preschool, nigga. <laughs> hey, it is what it is. You know, like for me, and I've had, like, I've had a many of situations where, like I say, I didn't ultimately like you to begin with. Um, it's, it's more than like physical when it comes to like the body that you have to be, you know, you have to consider because I've been in situations where I was physically attracted to the person physically, but their body chemistry is what turned me off. Mm. Like it was, you know, so many instances where, you know, it's things that you just don't think about because you're just trying to get to your happy place. Mm-hmm. And it's a very unfair thing to sell yourself short, but then also sell another person short by not telling them the honest truth. They walk away feeling empty because you didn't give them a reason why you couldn't indulge them in the way that they would have liked for you to indulge them. You know, and I've been in those situations where I had to tell the truth. And that's just the point of life that I'm at. Like, whether it be a relationship, whether it be a friendship, like, I think we just need to be honest, you know, say what it is like, okay, you gaining weight and it's shifting the way that I look at you physically. Don't say, oh, you getting fat because it's like you attacking them. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I have so much I can say about it. But, you know, yeah. it's, it's a part of a relationship. Like, you know, especially if you were, you know, the high school couple when you were 14 and now y'all 40 and you in a 22 it's a major difference like you can't expect for a person to say well this is just what happens over time there's a way that you can critique and let a person know 
without being a douchebag about it. Yeah, it absolutely on both is. sides, male mm-hmm. or female. If you want to let your guy know, hey, um, yeah, let's do something right, about this. Right. Like, I don't mind a person, um, you know, letting me know, but at the same time, it's, it's more so how you say it. Mm-hmm. You know, and nine times out of ten, I already know. <laughs> you know, right, right. so but if if you're gonna if you're gonna help me in this journey or whatever or be supportive, then do that appropriately. But don't just you know, damn, you getting fat or it look like you you gained about five pounds since yesterday. Like that's some right. fucked up shit I mean, to say. Yeah, shit, <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's you know, it's just so much that goes into a relationship that leads us to looking at other people as options Mm -hmm. like and that's what i think we need to acknowledge like if we want to have the most like wholesome and truthful relationships then we have to one tell ourselves the truth and then also be truthful to others and that's the thing that i think makes people cheat because they can't be all the way real with themselves and other people and nola being a person who was of course beautiful um, had so many, you know, great qualities about herself and then also being, you know, the desirable type. She, I mean, had to be some type of freak to do the things that she was doing. So mm-hmm. she was figurative, she was figuratively, you know, attractive. Sexually liberated. Yeah. And, you know, she kept, you know, men coming, you know, from all walks of life or whatever. So like, you know, being your honest and pure self is very much attractive and you have to be able to steer you know the direction of you know how you handle yourself Mm -hmm. you know you have to know that if you dress overtly sexual then you know it's a chance that somebody is going to misread you but don't let that shift Mm -hmm. how you feel about yourself you still got to do your own thing and that's um you know that was the I forget the the message or the tone of the posters that she was posting around, like when the guy kind of like roughed her up, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of let me and dictate how women are supposed to conduct themselves. And it's really, you know, an unfair thing, you know, so. Um, we still tend to hold on to these very archaic concepts of love and relationships, you know, mm-hmm. like even today, like. Where is this whole thing where even women are still expected to have my dinner ready when I get home? Um, make sure, like, you still want a housewife. You don't care. It's almost like you don't care what she do in her free time. Have a job, have a hobby, whatever. But make sure that my dinner is on the table, my, my socks and drawers is mm-hmm. washed, and the kids is taken care of. Well, where the fuck is the joint effort? And you know, know what I'm saying? It shouldn't solely be on her to do yeah. that. And that's 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 really, you know, monogamous traditionalism. But the funny thing about that is where those traditions come from. When you think about Big Mama, when, you know, granddaddy was out making all of the money, he was paying all of the bills, um, he was the sole breadwinner, and these were the responsibilities mm-hmm. of grandma and granddad Mm -hmm. it was a a level of dishonesty on granddad's part because granddad got bored and overwhelmed Mm -hmm. with having all of the responsibility Mm -hmm. and so he took 
the woman for granted. Right. So here is a situation where when you hear a woman say, I'm not putting up with a nigga shit. This is where this shit technically comes from. You know what I'm saying? Men thinking that, okay, well, if I did all of this, then you shouldn't do it. I don't have a problem cooking dinner and washing your clothes and all of that other stuff as long as you are helping me in the other areas I need. If this going to be what you want me to do, then you need to help in other areas and help me make sure the house is in mm-hmm. order because I'm not superwoman and I'm not about to sit here and just be a housewife. And then you're unrealistic about me getting tired so i can go to work i can have a job take care of the kids make sure food on the stove but make sure your body is up is tight in that place and then you you got them niggas that know they shit in their drawers and then (laughs) expect for that woman to wash the nasty ass you know listen you a nasty (laughs) motherfucker like i feel like if and i'm just using that as an example because if you know that you that guy that you know be shitting all up in your underwear you should at least wash your drawers or how about just wipe your ass a little more thoroughly? What's exactly. the fuck? Like, don't make a woman. Put don't be waiting till the last minute when you prairie dogging it to go to the toilet. <laughs> I mean, damn. <laughs> Take some wet wipes with you and right. handle your business. Because I feel like they, like men, sometimes do expect women to put up with shit that they know that they wouldn't put up with her. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I went there. Like, it's yeah. it's those men who just think that, okay, well, you the woman. That's what you're supposed to do. But you can misuse that privilege of having somebody there to prepare a meal. Because I know a lot of older women who, you know, were in that situation where dad got bored. And he went out and created a whole other family. You know? And- this is crazy to me. But I guess it all depends on making sure when you with that person... That y'all have an understanding of what that home life is going to be like. And making sure y'all have those conversations. In my household, maybe growing up, I did not experience that in my home with my mother and my father. My father actually did majority of the cooking. And he washed the dishes. There, I think it, the tone mostly got standard, was set when I was younger. When I was... um a small child, I think at that point in time, my mother was working and my dad was laid off. Mm-hmm. And so he was home with me. And then, um, my, yeah, my mom was working and he was home with me. So he made sure the house was in order. Food on the stove. I mean, he cooked real well. I think he learned from maybe my grandmother and then mm-hmm. some more on his own. So he cooked dinner. He was constantly washing dishes, keeping the laundry done. And not to say my mom didn't do these things too. He just understood, hey, this is my household. This is my family. I do what I got to do. My dad right. has even done my hair. My mom taught my father how to braid my hair. My father used to braid my hair, used to put curls in my hair. He just did what he had to do for his mm-hmm. household. So I'd be damned if I'm about to be sitting up here with somebody who can't help me in my household duties. Right. I have a life. I have desires. I have passions. And I shouldn't have to put my dreams and whatnot on hold and what I want on hold while you fulfilling yours just because you expecting dinner on the table. Well, how about we split it up? Some nights I cook dinner, some nights you cook dinner, and then maybe once or twice a night we'll do takeout. I don't know. But I shouldn't be expected to do all of the household duties, especially if you are a present being in this home, then your attention is just as, you know valuable it's so many layers to you know um how we supposed to adjust in relationships and hopefully like with 
you know, this episode, we can kind of like steer your mentality in a different direction because I really don't want a traditional relationship for this reason alone. It's going to always be imbalanced mm-hmm. if, if we stick to what's normal, you know, women cooking, cleaning and, you know, taking care of the children and all of these different things. And then it's just, you know, men getting the money. Because, I mean, we need to be honest and say, like, we tired of paying all of the bills. Like, that's that's the reality. It's hard, you know, and you get, you know, you get social media involved and it's like Mm -hmm. social media is ganging up on you. Oh, well, if a man don't pay all the bills, he ain't the breadwinner, he ain't the man of the house. And you got all of these things coming against two people helping one another. Yeah. All in all, whatever works for you is what works for you. Well, works for one relationship. If y'all okay, if your household is okay with the man paying all the bills and you got your spending money to do as you please, then live your life in your relationship and be blissful. But if another next household next to you splitting everything 50-50 and that's what worked for them, then let them do them. Because, I mean, either way is right. Ain't no wrong or right way. It's just what What works works for for you. you. Yeah. So I guess that's our two cents on relationships. When it comes to Monogamy, you know, polyamorous, pansexuality, homosexuality for that matter. Whatever works for you, let it work for you. Like, fuck the subtitle, fuck the, you know, predetermined notions of religion and all of these different things that people will use to put you in the box. I guess that's what we can say is our contribution to the conversation of relationships because... I don't want no boring ass relationship, you know, and I don't want no person telling me what they mama used to do, you know, back when she was your age, when it came to having fun or when it comes to how we become intimate with, you know, one another. Like, it's so much that we could talk about in relationships, how, you know, you can't even go dancing no more because secular music is considered sin so now y'all just two born ass people who are not having you know any kind of physical chemistry it's like you know basically what we saying is do what works for you yeah you know um i'm gonna continue to evolve so i hope my relationships you know whether it be friendship or intimate i hope my relationships evolve with me you know so i think we covered as much as we can definitely reach out to us on um any of our social media our the number two since pod on um instagram and um twitter we also have a facebook page it'll be the same thing our two since pod the one with the fancy lettering and the colors is us it's a couple of you know our two cents out here that look a little you know whitewashed and bland but you know shout out to them too you know we don't you know do you do you whatever works for you but um we also have a facebook page that will be um you know utilized for you know communication and then our email address is our the number two cents pod at gmail.com definitely interact with us we're going to continue to talk about um the different dimensions of relationships and how they affect different people so um, we can definitely follow up on this with you guys' comments, questions. If any of you choose to 
um, leave a voice note, whatever it is, just get with us on any of our social media or email. If there's something that you feel like it would contribute to this conversation, you got anything else you want to bring up? No, sir. Um, follow me at there go BJ on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Definitely follow the show our the number two cents pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and then give them your social media again, ma'am. Mona, M-O-H-N-A, Lissa, L-Y-S-S-A-A. Thank you so much for listening to Our Two Cents Pod and this new episode that we're just putting out. See you again next week. No, not next week. We don't do what they do. We do what works for us. We two weeks. (laughs) So uh, next episode will be in another two weeks. We'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Peace.